0: The following episode is 18+, not safe for work, and is of sexual nature as it contains discussions of sexual practices. Listener discretion is advised.
1: This episode of Two Scoops is brought to you by... Sticks and stones may
2: break my bones, but chains and whips excite me.
1: Cam. Mr. B. Is it recording? You know it. Let's give the people something new. It's time to serve it up. What's the scoop? Let's go. serving it up UK to the States. No tea, no shade, it's all grace. Nothing we can't discuss in this place. Black culture set the stage, please. Two scoops,
0: baby. Yeah. Two, two, two scoops. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome back to Two Scoops, your cultural podcast for many things black, many things queer, all things fabulous, and all things real. I'm Cam.
1: And I'm Mr. B. And we welcome our guest this episode, Sandy PM. Sandy, aka that underscore Sandy on Instagram, goes by the pronouns they, he. Sandy is 34, black British. His roots are African Ghanaian, and they currently reside in East London sandy is the brand director for recon a gay fetish app they're in charge of the look feel and tone for the brand around the world sandy's also a brand ambassador the face of recon so they occasionally get in front of the camera to present and host events sandy's also the creator of the recon zine which showcases creativity within the fetish scene as well as addressing a range of wider societal issues that apply to the scene sandy is also a podcaster they're also one of the hosts on the Recon podcast, which is eight episodes deep. The Recon podcast covers a range of topics that affect the fetish scene. Sandy uses their platform to mostly talk about diversity and representation. One of their works is a piece they directed called The Boys Club, which only features men of colour, specifically black and Asian men. Sandy enjoys music production, photography and CrossFit and being a dog dad to his gorgeous fur baby, Bo welcome sandy welcome <laughs> sorry i was just waiting. I, was
2: waiting. I was just i was just really enjoying all the lovely things you're saying about me thank you so much <laughs> i was just like go on welcome, welcome.
0: <laughs> so great to have you sandy how are you today? i am really happy to
2: be here it's i've had a really shitty week so today was a really good opportunity to kind of like dust myself off have a bit of a reset, a reboot, and, like, do something fun. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you guys giving me <laughs> an excuse to do something. You can I'm relax say, here, baby. I'm, exactly. Let it all go. I'm, I'm kind of, I've had a bit of a shitty work week. I have had, I'm just kind of a bit tired and over lockdown at the moment. I need to get my hair done. That's the first thing I'm doing tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I'm getting my hair Done. What are you gonna like- do? <laughs> Have you got
1: an appointment booked? Yes.
2: Um, I just need to get my locks kind of redone and tied up and stuff like that, and just get my hair cut and just feel pretty again. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm I'm super excited to be here. I love your podcast, genuinely. I was listening to it the other day and. Just really enjoy the structure of it. I love the theme tune. You guys are doing it, and I love. I love it. Like it's for the culture, and I love the name. Actually, I didn't even get it until
0: I listened to it. I was like two scoops. That's really cute. That's yeah. It. Oh, thank <laughs> you. It's the play on words. It's like it's, yes. There's a little bit of something in it for everyone to grasp at different times. <laughs> yes, I was like
2: representation on both sides of the Atlantic. Okay. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> so yeah, I really love it. Oh, thank you. Boo. Okay, so let's get into it, right? So as per usual. It's time for Scoop of the Week.
0: It's another serving of Scoop of the Week, everybody. Sweets and treats to sample and see what new things, innovative people, events, occasions, thoughts, and moments you can just dip into after listening. I want to start off with a line of underwear and swimwear called Carter Wear. So Carter Wear is founded and run by Derek, aka Sir Carter. He is based out of New Jersey. And a big shout out, we actually went to high school together. So it's really amazing to see them doing big things. Um I first started seeing all of this on Instagram. Obviously, we know Instagram is big for advertising now, people's businesses and products, etc. And when I saw it, you know, it's these beautiful images of gorgeous. Gorgeous Black men modeling the underwear. And it just made me think, this is like Fenty, but like an equivalent to male underwear nice. um, and swimwear, because the shades and colors are just everything for our many different shades of, of, of Black people um, yeah. and all our gorgeousness. And so I was like, oh, I like this. And it just looks comfy, it's sexy. And the, the way it's cut, you can tell like, one, this is made by someone Black who underst- <laughs> who understands our bodies and our body types. Of course, not all of us have the same body types, but, you know, like, listen, as a Black man... Who is on the slim side, but still has some thickness to him. Shout out to all, all the right Slim races. Thick. <laughs> Shout out to Slim Thick out of there. Yes. Uh, ah. I love Dawn Richard for <laughs> digging up the Slim Thick folks. Oh
2: my God. I love that song so much. Isn't
0: it amazing? But I was yeah. like, this just is fitting the tiny waist and the thick
1: cakes. Come on. So,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, the cuts definitely get the dimensions right for the black male body, which is so important to get. You know, we got booty and we got to deal with it. it got to be covered properly, if it wants to be covered. There's many different styles, of course, of underwear and swimwear. So, carterwear has thongs, jock straps, and briefs. And I was looking online on the website in their new arrivals, and they have flavors. Well, I describe it as flavors. I like mocha, mesh, mm. latte, then colors like yellow, lavender haze, Lemon lime and then classic black and like I was like, okay, this is delicious. (laughs) So, best believe, Derek, if you're listening to this, I will definitely be getting some pairs of underwear and swimwear so I can get ready for the summer, hot boy summer life. Exactly. Summer.
2: Summer feels like so far away in my mind.
0: What summer? (laughs) It's closer than you think, honey. I know. I need to get my summer looks together. So although this is a US brand, everybody, Carterware ships globally. Get into it. On Instagram, you can go visit at CarterWare. That is C-A-R-T-E-R W E A R. Or you can visit the website at www.carterware.com. dot com.
1: So what have you got for us, Andy? So
2: I, go, I guess because I've been having kind of like a <laughs> existential like crisis in my head this week, I've gone a bit deeper with my scoop. My scoop is deep. Um, <laughs> and I think it's because like the lockdown and pandemic and everything that's kind of come out of it has risen something like has has kind of like unveiled the ugly face of humanity mm. and has really like affected me that th- those are the low points of me in the whole lockdown period where I kind of when I'm confronted with the u- ugly ugly face of humanity and I'm just like oh it's too much and I just completely shut down and I think from what we're going to talk about today as well there's something around that in perception not being reality mm-hmm. and it's something that I think and feel and say a lot actually that perception isn't reality like you know we live in a social media world whatever you present is that person's you know people have perceptions of you based off you know what they see um but the reality is social media doesn't show you everything that 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 person has so yeah I've been kind of like struggling with that I'm thinking a lot about perception versus reality and people buying into people's perceptions versus the reality that people kind of live through. Um, so yeah, sorry, that was a bit deep, but oh, yeah. that's kind of like what's been on my spirit this week. And I think that's why whenever I have moments where I'm confronted with the ugly face of humanity, I just kind of go into my shell and I hibernate a lot. Um, and when I hibernate, I basically like shut off social media. I don't delete it, but I just kind of like put my phone to one side and I flip it over and I basically stay on the sofa. I grab Bo and cuddle him literally all day. So that's what I've been. I've been really kind of struggling with that notion mm. um, and trying to make people understand about. well, not trying to make anyone understand per se, actually trying to wrap my own head around perception versus reality and how I deal with it because I think as well the other thing with that is a lack of empathy Mm -hmm. and for me one of one of the things that annoys me the most about people is a lack of empathy and or hypocrisy (sighs) talk about it (laughs) like I just I just it just I it's I can't tell you how much it annoys me because it's about, it's about not having self-awareness. Like, I'm very forgetful. So if someone reminds me about something that I should have done, I'm like, okay, I'm aware that I'm forgetful. I'm sorry. And I just apologize and it's fine. And I think people kind of then go, oh, you know, Sandy, he's just forgetful. But I'll be the first person to tell you, yeah, I'm forgetful. Sorry. But it's like when someone goes in the attack and it's like, you didn't tell me that, blah, blah, blah. It's like, girl, you know, you're forgetful. Shut up. What are you talking about? So do you know what I mean? And there's all of this stuff happening in the world and, you know, that's just, yeah, that's just part of what's been on my mind this week, I
0: suppose. So my scoop was a bit like uh, airy-fairy. No, but but I, I I understand you, like you mentioned self-awareness and I really feel like that ties into what we'll get into anyway. Um, Being self-aware is I feel like kind of lacking these days because we live for other people, especially through social media. And Mm -hmm. the fact that you needed to take time away from it to reconnect with yourself, I completely empathize with you. I've had those moments. And so, yeah, we need to talk about this stuff all the time. You know?
2: Yeah. It's something that I've... I think I've always had a level of self-awareness. It's just about whether I've chosen to engage with it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wish that more people could be self-aware because then it just le- it connects in my mind it connects to so many different things and yeah i don't know
1: it can you know it also connects very closely to what you're also talking about is just taking the time to step back you know having that self-awareness okay it's i need to i need to log off now because this is getting too much for my mental i'm gonna switch off yeah, thank you for bringing that to the table, Sandy. My scoop of the week is the Recon Fetish Blog for Gay Men. So the fetish blog for gay men um, on Recon it fascinating to me. As you know, I don't even know if baby kink is, is even a term, but someone who's interested in kink, but mm-hmm. hasn't fully explored the kink world. Um, the blog offers such an insight. Into different people's experiences, lived experiences and stories. Um, from being in an open relationship and exploring kink when your partner doesn't share, share the same desires. Um, There's an excerpt from The Dominion, The Game Part 2, which I want to read. I quote, With the nights fucking, the caning and the askasms I was a blubbering mess which made him fuck me harder. He relentlessly pistoned my abused hole so hard my vision jumped with each thrust. He'd come in me three times and pissed in me twice. My hole was so sensitive that the cum squirts had felt like him pissing in me, and the piss felt like a fire hose of the hottest, most enjoyable lava let loose inside of me. Listen, I'm here Ooh, baby, for baby, of- wait.
2: <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, that deserves the Pulitzer Prize. I don't know about you guys, but it really is just, and,
0: these,
1: you know, just the written word. It's, it's fantastic. It's fabulous. Um, the blog offers an insight into the many ways we enjoy sex and get turned on, and I'm here for it. Yeah it's 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 really
2: lovely because actually a lot of the blog uh pieces are written by members so you know recon is a community of people that are into fetish and kink and they well we get people to like send in you know things that they've gone through or you know sometimes people just write stories and it's just really interesting to see what we get back um the team and I like to read through them and kind of like decide what goes up and what doesn't go up. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a real insight into a world where, you know, maybe if you haven't had any experience or are curious about it, it's probably a good starting point. (laughs) I mean, you, you've picked, you picked on Dominion, who is is one of our recurring contributors and his stories are normally quite, um, let's say explicit. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Oh dear. So so that's something... So you're interested in, in fetish and kink then,
1: you would say? Interested? I would say it's... I'd say I'm a bit more than interested. Fetish and kink, I think, is something that has always been in my sexual realm. I feel like it's such a large space and I've only just dipped my toe in the surface.
0: Mm. Yeah. For
1: me... Um... I'm not
0: quite as dipped in, but the 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 places where I find it most interesting to me is in literature. Mm. And so having Dwayne just read that, and you know, the imagination is just so powerful. I find that I find erotic literature and poetry amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I dipped I dipped into it a little bit. Um, and it I I feel like I felt so free just writing about things of that nature whether it was fantasy or based on reality or based on you know based on something I had experienced or witnessed um and I just I love that there are many avenues in which you can encounter and experience kink or fetish or whatever um so yeah that's just you reading that Mr. B (sighs) Oofed.
1: well I mean (laughs) hop on to the fetish blog for gay men And that was from the Dominion, the game part two. So yeah, go to
2: recon.com forward slash blog, I believe. And you can read all the different articles. So look, it's really interesting that you both kind of like have spoken about your fetish and kink experiences thus far. I'm quite well known on the fetish scene, right? And the perception is that I am the most fetishy kinkiest person you will ever meet in your whole entire life and i think that (laughs) when people meet me either as a friendly situation or for a sexual encounter they expect me to be like mr fetish man and to know all my shit like i'm supposed to know all the fucking nuts and all the bondage (laughs) in the world i'm like girl i don't know that i don't know that that's not my thing um And I think that often when people hear about like fetish and kink, there is something about that runs through their mind about what the perception of people that partake in that is. Uh So um, for me, it's really interesting. For me, it's really funny, actually, because I do like the juxtaposition between my personality and versus this thing that's supposed to be quite otherworldly, I suppose. Um and I kind of maybe play into that a little bit because it does drive people insane. Yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> but but like what what do you want, Mr. B, what do you want to what do you want to discover? What do you what do you want what do you want to do more of?
1: Well we can explore. Let's revisit that in the source. <laughs> I, think, yes. I think we can go straight into the topping. Okay. So the topping is a continuation from my scoop of the week. And Sandy, it's also something that you've mentioned in a previous podcasts that I've listened to you in. Um, and um you mentioned the kink scene being like a family unit for some mm, yeah and there's an article on the recon blog um it's called links the b word amusing on brotherhood and links who's also a member of recon he talks about his days on the kink scene and seeing other gay black men there and how that made him feel Now, he doesn't just focus on the sex and the fucking in this piece. He shares quite a heartfelt, he shares a really heartfelt story Mm -hmm. on something that happened at International Mr. Lever event two years ago and people coming to his aid when he needed help. And reading that piece, I really got a sense of how important the kink scene has been, is to him as a gay black man and how it links quite closely to his identity and offers him sexual freedom and control. Now, I've, you know, even hearing you say it for the first time, Sandy, I just find it so fascinating as an outsider in inverted brackets looking in. That's not what I see. I see, you know, this kind of sexy, raunchy, hedonistic space. But when you Mm -hmm. mentioned family and brotherhood, what does Mm -hmm. that look like for you?
2: Yeah, I think, and again, to labour the point about why I think perception versus reality is so important, is be- it's because of that, you know, we, when you hear kink, you know, the closest references that you probably have are like modern day references, I suppose, um, American Horror Story, and it's yeah. always, there's always something wrong with the person, like demonic, yeah. or there's something, there's, you know, it's a, it's always got this dark undertone to it, um, and yes, the gimp can- mask guy. Exactly, <laughs> S- season one, um, murder house, love it. Um, but yeah, I think that there's this this darker, sexually charged undertone to it, and and there can be, it can be that it is that you know when you go out specifically, but often or not, often or not, it's just. A bunch of gays talking about Drag Race the same way that (laughs) when you go to an East London bar or to a South London bar, like everyone's standing around talking about Drag Race. Um, So yeah, there's, look, in the same way as gay people, as queer people, we want to find our tribe and find our families when we've maybe been mistreated by our own. It's about trying to find, you know, your people and connect with people. And I will say when you realize that you are kinky or fetishy or into it, there is a need to make sure that you're not weird because society has told you that you're, that you're Ah, weird. Because look, the only way that you can learn about fetish and kink is via the internet and articles that basically take a very scientific approach to it so it's about the psychology of why you might fetishize something which i think in some ways can be damaging because it makes you think that there's something wrong with you or it's via porn mm-hmm. and let's be real porn isn't the best <laughs> um, demonstration of anything of, of anything right <laughs> oh, e- exactly it's you know it's great love porn love her to bits, want to be her for Halloween. However, <laughs> Wait a minute. And the
1: rest.
0: <laughs> what are you, what are you, who are you for Halloween? Oh, I'm porn. <laughs> I'm I'm porn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get into it. <laughs> Was that not clear? Um, but I think that, that, that also gives you a really fucked up view about what fetish and kink and sexuality and sex is as well. So you kind of just want, you just have this craving to kind of find people that are going to make you feel like you're okay. So, for me, my entry to it is very different because I wasn't kinky or fetishy or wouldn't re- regard myself as that until I started working at Recon. Um, and then I kind of obviously got to experiment and do all these things and go to these parties. Um, what were you first that... doing at Recon? What was your first? Um, what was your so first? I, I just kind of came in and was doing their social media for a minute. Because it was, <laughs> funnily enough, it wasn't meant to be a <laughs> long-term thing that I was going to do. I was just like, "Wow, okay, I'll just come into your social media. I'll just come and sit it like for a year and just do it. And then slowly but surely, I was like, you need to do this. This needs to happen. Why don't you do this? <laughs> and then my boss was just like, why don't you just do it? I was like, okay, if I must. So then I took over the fucking thing. But anyway, um, but yeah, so for me, being well-known on the scene, it's now turned into less of a sexual thing and more of a social thing like i just like being in rubber head to toe with other people that are in rubber head to toe it doesn't necessarily want to mean that i want to have sex in rubber but i just like that feeling of like oh we're all unified in this thing um and i think that's what a lot of marginalized communities kind of want to have as well they just want to have you know that identification with other people that oh we're all in it together Mm -hmm. and yeah that's all it is really
1: your journey into exploring rubber and how that felt on your skin and how that made you feel yeah was that by accident were you experimenting with with different materials well when I first started at recon because again my
2: fetish journey started when I started at recon and I think that I've always had, I always said in my mind that I had kinky tendencies. I think everyone does, but that's a, that's a whole nother thing. I think that there is, everyone has a kink, whether you acknowledge it or not, everyone has a kink, but I started out just, you know, doing the harness and jock strap thing because that's, you know, the go-to, I suppose, if you're going out to a, like a sex party or a fetish party, it's to wear a harness and a jock. Entry level. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It is. And that's not, I'm not dismissing it. I mean, look, people that have been on the scene for ages still rock a j- harness in the jock because that's what they like. And I suppose it's about accessibility. If you're wearing a jock, your ass is out. So if you want to use it, then hey by all means. And if you're wearing a harness, someone can grab onto you and fuck you from behind. It's got a use, people. It's not just decorative. Period. <laughs> <laughs> that is what a harness is there for. It's so that people can hold on to you because they don't have a bed to lie down or whatever the case may be. Utilitarian. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, but yeah, so I started, I started off with that. And then I kind of got into sportswear so i tried lycra and i still do quite like lycra as well more kind of like cycling stuff because i'm a cyclist now
1: same um
2: yeah so i I love
1: cycling gear
2: it's so good right and it has it's
0: multi i'm all about a multi-purpose outfit <laughs> Does everyone else needs to know the the purposes. No, but you know what
1: it. No, <laughs> you know it is,
2: and it's great. You know, you get on your bike, you cycle over to the guy's house, and you're ready for the <laughs> for a party. But anyway, so yeah, and then I kind of moved into experimenting with leather, but that was only because I felt like a certain pressure to be the leather man because that's when when I started to gain notoriety on the scene, I felt like I had to kind of like embody. the archetypal kind of fetish man, which is a very Tom of Finland, San Francisco biker kind of look. Um, And because I, you know, I'm the head of this brand, I felt very pressured to kind of represent it in a way that was maybe a bit alien to me. Because look, leather is a very different type of material. And I really feel like you have to really love it in order to embody that. Because it changes your posture, it 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 does. You you put on like a leather shirt, a leather jacket, leather jeans, it restricts your movement. Oh. So your whole posture and demeanor changes. And for me, I don't like feeling not like myself. So with rubber, it's a much more manuable material Uh and it's a second skin so it likes you know fits to your body you feel like you're naked but you're not really naked there's you know the feeling of getting hot getting sweaty and all of that like being kept encased with you Mm. um it's it's nice like I really do like it um and also from a very basic look one of my things is I'm really into style I love I love personal style and with leather leather is leather that's the look so you either subscribe to that or you don't with rubber it's a lot more flexible to kind of think of weird and wonderful things to kind of like put on your body and colors and all that kind of stuff so you can be in my eyes a lot more you can push the boundaries a lot on what you do with rubber than you can with leather
1: there are two things that really popped up for me. What you mentioned, well, a lot of things, but you know, subscribing to this box that you thought was expected of you, like fitting mm. into, you know, trying to fit into this this leather box, and as a gay black man, do you feel? I would say, you know, wearing leather, it's quite, it's quite a dominant material, mm. right? You know, you, you spoke about it correcting or changing your posture so you're moving in a certain way um exploring kink as a black man was that was that a reoccurring is that a reoccurring theme for you people people maybe trying to put you in boxes that that um you don't want to be in rather
2: i don't necessarily think it's other people putting me in a box i think that For a lot of people, actually, it confuses them because as black people, we're only allowed to be into certain things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like from, so if, so, so if someone is looking at me, okay, let's be real. I think sometimes if it, if it's a person of color or specifically actually a black person that's looking at me and what I do, they might regard fetish as a white thing. Yeah. Yeah whereas um, a white person looking at me will view me as an object Mm, something to have something to have or or to like tick off on the on their list so you know I'm the aggressor I'm the dominant one I'm the you know I'm the one that's going to go into the bedroom and like throw them about and you know want to engage in race play or something like that so there are two it's not necessarily myself putting myself in a certain box it's more the, the the position that other people try to put me in and I and I do think that people are very confused when they try to absorb any information about me so if you look through my Instagram I think as an example it doesn't really make sense because you have you have this person who is you know, does these like. Fo- so go on. What are you A family
1: saying? man, you know, fat baby, <laughs> right? On one end. Yeah, it's like cute. you, ha- you have this like. T- you have this
2: like black man who looks really serious in photos, but then has very like upbeat videos and is very like (laughs) like happy and smiley and cracks jokes and loves Beyonce and you know is quite and can be quite femme and whatever and I just think that all of it confuses people so often people are just like they don't get it and I think that that was, that was my fear in the beginning of when I started like Recon and when I started into the fetish community about not people, not, people not understanding what I was about. And I have had comments about like, well, why has, why is this person like the face of this brand or why is this person like the brand ambassador why have they put someone <laughs> someone commented on one of the videos once like i don't know why they've employed this queen to do their videos wow <laughs> like... was that about you yeah 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 because it's basically me in berlin <laughs> i totally forgot about this sorry it's me in berlin talking i'm at um, a leather social so every year for easter um, there's a whole like um gathering of fetish men in um, um <laughs> for Easter and I went to this leather social that happens every year. I took Recon. Well, I went with Recon, obviously. And we took the cameras and we're at the leather social interviewing people, just like, that's kind of the content that we do like to give people insight into what the community is like. And I was just asking really like silly questions Mm -hmm. like like, to the patrons to kind of show that, you know, these people, as much as they're serious and really into something, they also have a personality. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) often I, as, as a presenter, I take the position of being naive to bring the viewers into learning on a journey with me. So I'm like, oh, what's this about? Blah, 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 blah. And then, (laughs) and then someone's like, um, are you new here? Like what's going on? (laughs) But I'm, I'm doing it on purpose to be like, well, I need you to get, I know what the answer is. I know what the eventual thing is going to be, but I need you to tell them what the answer is. So yeah, I, I think that was my, that was my. Trepidation to begin with about people not getting it. But you know, I just with age and with more confidence and with be actually and being able to kind of navigate the narrative about what this community is, with you know, the editorial, with the videos, with the blog, with you know, everything that we've been doing on Recon, the podcast, the magazine. Um it's given me an opportunity to really engage and engage with people and push this thought process that being into fetish and kink is just not, you know, this perception, or it's not just one thing. Or, you know, some people take it as a lifestyle. Some people, it's just something they dip in and out of. Like it, it's not. It's
0: so many different things to so many different people. It was something that you mentioned um, earlier that really resonated with me in terms of kink being, and th- this is my words that white shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, like, for real, like, I can confidently say that there was a bit of that in my head, Mm. um, especially in my 20s, just because, you know, I definitely didn't explore outside the box, you know? I didn't, well, one, I didn't think I needed to, but two, I just thought, oh, they do that, you know? They're sexually deviant or whatever. And I just stick to what what us Black folk do. You know, of course, you know, we could be freaky or whatever, but that, <laughs> and I say that type of stuff in quotes, um, was for them. Mm-hmm. And as I grew older and got to know other Black and brown people who, you know, who were so open about sexuality and talking about it, which I was not, and still to some degree to some degree, am not today, um, although I've improved, I believe. Um, Yeah, it's just so interesting hearing you say that because it really solidified just how a majority of us Black people, especially, I guess, Black Americans, really just subscribe to just (laughs) one or two ways of, of having sex or experiencing sex. And having this conversation with you is really important for us to have as black men all together
2: no for real like it's getting to travel has been such an eye-opener because the the fetish and kink community differs ever so slightly wherever you go so i i wrote a piece um a while back for the first issue of the magazine. And it was called "Where My People Are," and it's actually on the blog as well. Um, and <laughs> one of the things that really struck to me, struck out to me, was if I go to America, like the, the there are so many more of us black men into fetish and kink in America, and there's a real idea of brotherhood there. There's this amazing organization called. Um, onyx which is about members like people of color kind of coming together to learn about fetish and kink and it was through them that I actually (laughs) learned that when you're um like you know paddling or you know spanking or whatever that with white people their color changes with black people, that doesn't happen. So you have to feel the heat. You have to feel the area to know whether uh-huh. that person has had enough. But that's why it's so important to have these kind of organizations that can kind of like help you explore those things. So, yeah, for the, for me, when I go to America it's, and go to the events in America, I see so many more black men. In the UK and Europe, less so. And I don't really know why. Well... I think maybe I do. And I i actually know I do. I think it is to do with the fact that Americans as a people have a lot more. They subscribe more to the idea of brotherhood. You know, like that's uh-huh. my brother. That's my sister. And we don't really do that. It's very, it's a lot more individualistic here, I feel. Um, but that's just my own experience. Um, but yeah, that thing about like... You know, that's for white people. Even the way you said it, you said you said something you said was really interesting. You said, um, white people are sexually deviant, whereas black people are freaky. It's language, right? Yeah. They both mean the same thing. Like <laughs> we'll talk about, oh yeah, she's a freak. hmm mm-hmm, uh-huh. And we'll do that kind of, you know, inflection to our things, but we wouldn't call ourselves sexual deviants because you know, that's oh, that's white, that's that. And I yeah. and I think that's that language,
1: that language comes from religion. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and and I think we are so quick to prescribe ourselves to only, you know, kind of very few boxes because, one, we get fetishized so much. So to protect ourselves, sometimes mm-hmm. we feel like, oh, my God, the kink scene, the That's scene me. is not for me because yeah. I don't need to be dealing with being fetishized myself. Mm-hmm. like You know, some people do feel, feel that. And there's also a lot of shame that... Yep. that, that you know as a gay black man being into kink and fetish that's linked with yeah that's linked with those desires and feelings um well i I think it's also
2: to do with the fact that look I, i can't sit here and deny that aspects of the fetish community have very problematic um themes so let's for get example- into it no no for real like you mentioned you know, race play i mean yeah gross. i mean that's not something that i subscribe to whatsoever but you know even on a less extreme example let's take flogging for example you know i don't know about you i don't because of everything links back to slavery people you know <laughs> not not every black person not pe- black people will not understand why would you want that for yourself when we're trying to you know we were oppressed by that. <laughs> like why are you yeah. trying to then so for really. So I think for people for, for people of colour, we face oppression and maybe humiliation and degradation on a daily thing. And there are aspects of the fetish community which subscribe specifically to that culture. So it's hard to wrap your head around something that you're trying to get away from. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So so I I I can't deny that
0: there are problematic themes within the fetish community. But and then how how do you as someone in another community how do you balance that? When George Floyd's murder happened, uh it was
2: awful. Genuinely mm-hmm. the most awful thing and and I'm not just saying that obviously for the, the you know for his family and the tragedy, but it was really difficult I think for everyone to kind of comprehend how do we behave act now because there was such this uproar about like dismantling systemic racism which I hope is still continuing because it's something that on recon that we're trying to still figure out like how do we take those layers away but it's so complicated and complex um so it's a challenge so the balance about it now is With regards to, you don't want to police people's sex lives, right? So if someone, for example, wants to engage in race play, it's not really any of my business, like, to do that, like, on a personal level. However,
1: the main thing about it is consent. Like, (laughs) And without sounding too judgy, I know you're the expert here, but also I would say education too. Yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. But but I'm I'm talking from a... I'm, I'm actually talking from maybe like a, a white person's perspective in terms of engaging with a person of color to engage with race play. And I'm, I race play you. for me is the most extreme example
0: mm-hmm.
2: of the community. But it's balancing. It's really difficult to try and balance everyone. And for people to understand that dehumanization... And degradation are two different things. So I think within the fetish and kink community, degradation is the thing, right? So we often you're an object, or we're or or we're really into that object. That's that's you know, and you know there are things where like oh no actually perfect example a gimp a gimp doesn't become is not a he a she uh, it's an it. You know what I mean? You're, t- you're stri- be degraded. Exactly. You're, you're just stripping away of an identity for sexual purposes. However, dehumanization is very different. You're kind of demeaning that person to specific characteristics of their person. So there are two different avenues, right? At the end of the day, even with a gimp, you have to treat your slave gimp you know, boy, pup, whoever it is in the kind of low hierarchy with a certain level of respect. There are rules. You consent, both of you consent to those rules. You know, if you're out with your gimp and he is covered head to toe in rubber and it's fucking hot as hell outside, you have to make sure that your gimp is being, you know, (laughs) watered. You know, there are certain responsibilities as a master (laughs) that you have to do. So for me, it doesn't make sense to... Lose sight of consent and understanding that this person is still a person because you still have to look after that person. Do you know what I mean? And I would think in the fetish community that perhaps maybe we're a bit better with regards to consent only Mm. because it's built on the foundation of consent and rules and discipline. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So there is maybe a bit more of a layer of respect. However, I'm not going to lie, it's still happened non-consensual thing consensual things still happen but i do think that we're maybe slightly better at it
1: there's so much to learn so much,
0: it's, so much
1: it's, to explore and
2: learn it's a minefield so and you know <laughs> so that's what i'm trying to unpick at the moment with regards to um you know we put out we put out a statement after the black lives matter ha- thing happened because another app decided that they were going to strip away the ethnicity filter on their platform Because they thought that that was going to, and this was my, I'm going to rant a little bit because the way that they phrased it was like, we're ending racism by taking away this tool. And I'm like, girl. It's we were not... the ones, that... <laughs> yeah, <anyway. laughs> and that really bugs me because I felt like they were taking advantage of the opportunity as a like PR stunt. And I'm like, no, you have to really think about like what are you genuinely going to do. And so that's from from June up till you know currently happening. It's something that we've been looking at on recon. Like, how do we actually do this? So we put out the statement. We, you know, went even more into content by people of color featuring people of color um you know talking about people of color's point of view on the fetish and kink community which i think is really important um
1: on the blog it shows
2: oh thanks i i try um and then also we put out a survey to our members to kind of be like okay look this has happened what 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 makes you what makes you feel safe on the platform what do you think would be a good thing what do you think is a bad thing and it's really interesting because White people have an opinion. People of color have a different opinion, and it's even as granular when you get down to. Okay, look, black people are fetishized, and this, and I'm talking, I'm not talking about on recon. I'm talking about, in, yes, like generally white in since wider day. society. Since day, we are seen as desirable, sexually charged creatures,
0: mm-hmm.
2: whereas. Asian and South Asian men are not even on people's radar. They are seen as less desirable because of certain characteristics. And that was something that came through on the survey. When I, when we broke it down by ethnicity, it was really interesting to see that, you know, South Asian men, especially like, so I'm talking like Indian, Sri Lankan, that sort of thing, are, just feel like they're not seen whatsoever they're not attractive they're not desirable and it's really really sad so you have to treat everyone differently you know i
1: mean if i can totally relate to that the first time i came across you sandy was years ago um and it was when i picked up qx or boys magazine and i saw your i saw your face and i was like shit like you know here's this this kink fetish app space and there's a black guy who's just like living his like his, his best <laughs> fetish kinky fantasy and I was like shit that's just so liberating so liberating and I'm all about being and feeling sexually liberated I know how important it is to see us in spaces that mm. we that, that, that we relate to um and I think it's I think it's fucked up that we know it's fucked up that there are lots of people in our community, people of colour that aren't represented in spaces that yeah th- that we exist in.
0: So, Sandy, what will this upcoming summer bring for you in and out of the kink scene? You know, I am
2: really looking forward to reconnecting with my kink brothers all over the world because that's that's the thing, you know we often you see the same people doing the same circuit as you because they're so there there's a whole fetish calendar you know there are events in Berlin Chicago San Francisco Paris um you know literally everywhere here in London as well obviously um and you often just see the same faces and it's been really weird not seeing those people that you see every single year so I'm really looking forward to hopefully just seeing someone from that community um and like you said and like we mentioned earlier it is such a family thing that it feels really weird to have not seen them this year um or not engage with them this year you know or the past however month however long we've been fucking doing this lockdown 84 years (laughs) (laughs) i know i've aged it's horrible um but yeah, like I, I think that's what it is. I'm actually looking forward to getting geared up as well. Because like I said, it's a more of a social thing for me, you know. And I mean, a lot of people, even if it's a sexual thing, haven't had that opportunity because they've been in quarantine or, you know, whatever the moment hasn't taken them. So I'm really looking forward to just like re-engaging with the scene in that way. Because it, it really does have some fascinating people. <laughs> like the characters are. They're just really fun characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's just like any any other place. Like, it's not this dark, dank, like, well, it can be tunnel <laughs> underneath a bridge where people convene. But, like, I just, I just really like the people. Because there is that kind of, like, freedom. Because I will say maybe one of the things that the fetish and kink community has really given me is... Liberation from shame, and I and what what I've really realized over a couple of like well the last couple of years, and especially doing the podcast, is that all the all the themes that we talk about and discuss or (sighs) that we have trouble with all boil down to shame, and in it 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 really does in the fetish and king community there. Isn't so much of that because you're given a space to be shameless, in a Mm. sense. You know what I mean? No one's going to judge you for having your ass out and (laughs) skin out. Exactly. Rather, someone's going to be like, "Yes, bitch." Well, maybe that might be me in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) But like, there is that real sense of you know, you know, sexual freedom and freedom to express yourself as well and express. The person and version that you want to express so for me that's something I've missed um and something that I really want to re-engage with but and I and I feel bad for more for people for the people that are like use fetish and kink as a form of escapism like for me it's not necessarily that for me it's everything in my life is connected. So it's all fluid. I can't, I've really struggled to not be myself in any situation. So if someone is like, this is a really basic example, but if you're in a really high powered job and you have to make decisions on the daily, you know, being degraded or humiliated is an escape from that. You know, it's an escape from having to take charge and make all the rules and you know, someone else is doing all of that for you. So I do really feel for people who in these times haven't had that opportunity to have that release because it must be horrible. Um, or people that for them, it's really like a lifestyle, like, you know, not being able to fully explore with other people, whatever the case may be. So for me, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of ready to go to a, like a like a party and I don't necessarily I'm not talking like with a dark room or anything like that but just somewhere where I can just like hang out in rubber and just chat with people
0: and be with your family your community exactly for
2: real let
1: let a brother know <laughs> okay oh
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that you guys come to one of the recon events because we also do we do bondage masterclasses we do cabaret events we do um, we do a whole host of different things that aren't necessarily like a sex dark room type situation yeah something
0: for everybody you can keep up with Sandy in all his gloriousness on Instagram at that underscore sandy. Please be sure to check out his podcast, The Recon Podcast, available on all major podcast platforms.
1: And as always, communicate with us via email at contact at 2 and on Instagram at Two Podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter at twoscoops underscore pod. Catch us next week for another episode of Two Scoops. Two Scoops.
0: Two Scoops.
1: Two scoops.